off the ball. You two lads are from Leinster, so it's no wonder you're giving out about the provincial championship. I don't want to take away the provinces. Who drove the geographical lines back in the day? It's because of the way that the provinces are broken up. Subscribe to the OTBGAA podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts. Dad pod. Just a video thing as well. Have a name. Podcast. Oh, midlife crisis. Howdy, daddy. Mm. Midlife crisis. <laughs> Dadcast. That's not bad, actually. Yeah. Dadcast with Nivea Men. Try Ireland's number one skincare brand. All right, you're very welcome on this week's episode of Dadcast, which is in partnership with Nivea Men. Want to feel great in your skin? Nivea Men has you covered from sensitive tailored skincare to cleansing and anti-age. Try Ireland's number one men's skincare brand. Ideally, everybody's going to get the chance to see how well our Nivea skincare, what's it called? What What is it when you have like a process of... Exfoliating or... Um, no, no, what's the whole like uh, routine? Our routines. Routine are, are uh, bearing out when they come to our live shows. Shows. You notice the way I'm saying plural. Dave is on mute and I can only imagine this is some good stuff, so. I wasn't aware of the singular show, let alone the plural. <laughs> that's because yeah, you have not done a good job of helping yeah. us to promote this uh, live show on our social medias. Um, so uh, it's funny. Uh, everybody uses Instagram, it turns out. All of my friends who have never paid any attention to anything I've ever done in my entire life. But once we started putting up the, um, oh, you're taking diecast on the road. You're doing a live show with diecast. What's the story with that? They'd all they seen it on Instagram. I don't know if they've signed up. I think <laughs> that's it. That's it. Like they're all no like, freebies. they're all like doing all right in life. I'm like, no, you, you pay us. That's how this works. Although I have um, obviously freeloaded off them for two decades. So maybe it's time to return the favor. I don't know how comfortable I'd feel having my mate at the show if, we, if we're actually going to get as real and deep and honest as we want to be. No. This, this, this podcast is not intended. It's not good to meet up with people who've listened to it. I definitely have found that. It's, uh, I would like to say hello to all of my wife's colleagues who have been bringing up the various episodes of uh, Dadcasters recently who are, you know, so hello to everybody out there. And um, yeah, maybe maybe stop freaking around by uh, bringing it up. But... <laughs> Alternatively, keep going. It doesn't really matter. So this is really happening. Yeah, I thought you'd be a bit more excited about this. I thought you'd bring some energy, but it turns off you're all staring off into the distance. Oh, no, to be fair, we have you're had your emails or something. We have experience. We have experience in this disregard. It was the we had a break, was it one show we did? We one did. show, the lecture picnic. One show, the lecture picnic, and I'm fairly sure we weren't invited back. Two at the lecture picnic. COVID. No, the second one was not a dad cast. And your audio, by the way, Jared, is in and out like the old fiddler's proverbial. Um the we did one dad cast electric picnic, then we did a you know, we did a bit of a free from and quiz second time mm-hmm. out. Um but no, I think once we get into it, like McIntyre comes into us all when the you know the broadcast light goes on and his people are in front of him. That's that's when he's at his best. Sure is. Can you hear me now? No. Nothing better than testing this stuff when, uh, when the cameras are rolling. I did test it. As a, that was the Zoom is not, not your friend. I, we've been using something else. Anyway, can you hear me now? Yeah, yeah. you're back now. Okay. I'm, it's like a 1980s World Cup match where you're holding up the aerial beside the telly. 
and you need the the least favorite child to do it. That was always me. So you're listening to George Hamilton on the phone in mm-hmm. Sofia or somewhere. Yeah. Okay. One one uh, piece of um, correspondence to get us going. Dadcast at offtheball.com for your email addresses is our email address if you want. So, uh, hi, really love the pod. It's given me a lot of laughs and nuggets of advice. Yeah. Nuggets kind of, um, you know, at the moment, very tasty, but afterwards you're always hungry. Uh, I, I had my first kid, a boy, four years ago. So the pod beginning in late 2018 coincided with the start of my journey and genuinely left a void when you disappeared for a while. George, I'm very sorry. We have been very lazy about this, but we won't be anymore. Anyway, we recently had our second child, a girl, and our son has been unbelievable with her. I think the age difference has helped a lot in explaining everything, but we also bought a book or two explaining what's coming down the line for him. My wife also made sure our now four-year-old said goodnight to the bump and included the new sister in a lot of the conversations around the house. When she arrived, he was instantly infatuated and has had no jealousy at all. His affection is so strong that he's actually a pain in the hole at times because my wife can't stop him attempting to hug the newborn at any chance. He's even attempted to assist with the feeding. Safe to say, my wife did not appreciate the squeeze from our boy. (laughs) He's enthusiastic. Oh my God. Uh, The last bit is, the books were... What's in Your Tummy, Mummy by Sam Lloyd. I Am a Big Brother by Carolyn Jane Church. And We're Having a Baby by Marion Cocklicko. I think that last name is made up and might be aspirational <laughs> in the post-baby world. But George made me read it out. So congratulations. Have you seen the Mark, uh, have you seen the Mark Goldbridge uh, clip going doing the rounds this week where he's like, he reads in a contact from one of his viewers and it's like, oh, uh, texting here from Frank in... Brighton, where he is, um, and he's he's uh, he's got Ed, and he's uh, thanking me for staying up and positive. <laughs> uh, thanks for getting in touch, Frank. It's been then the penny drops. It's a bit like uh, the author. Um, I think that we went Top through Goldridge a, banter. Um, we went through a lot of those uh, books. We did we did pretty much a lot of that stuff um, with our first when uh, the second was in uh on on in the post um and it didn't really have the desired effects at all so i mean i think it's no harm to do that but uh it's not a surefire method of um having good ensuring good relations at the end of it in my experience the age gap is a huge bearing on it i know we've been through this in parts already but the, it our correspondent there the four years seems to be ideal they're old enough but four enough to understand what's going on to be able to to know the difference between right and wrong when they're when you're baiting the head off a newborn as opposed to an 18 month old just lashing out so i think that helps well we had a two years and maybe four month gap and it um it was grand at the start but then there's when they're about three and four and a half three and five that it's not so much not as bad anymore now they're eight or six but the constant fighting back in back in the day was and I don't think that was down to jealousy. That was just sibling rivalry at each other all the time. 50% of the time playing together, happily best pals. The other 50% you're stepping in to act as the referee yet again for the 15th time in the day. Gets a gets your on your goal a little while. It's only so much tolerance you can have for that sort of stuff. Yeah. I do wonder, is there actually now, if I could go back and just let them all wrestle all the time and never step in? and Because they always sort it out really quickly. Like they always eventually... 
and you're left there bearing grudges on behalf of the people who've been victimized when actually that's completely wrong. They don't care about it anymore. There's a pecking order. There are pecking orders and everything. And um, this is the, I don't know, that was the mistake is trying to intervene to be the, to be the force for justice. Yeah, but it's when it's physical, you have to intervene. Otherwise, you're, you're going to be the chump that has to lump out Brandon to the back of the car and drive one of them to A&E, spend the day there. Have it's you ever driven them to A&E yet for beating the shit out of each other? No, because I've always got there before it became too physical. It want to be pretty bad. Yeah. I like. I mean, you know, I'd I'd rather try stitching them myself if I had to <laughs> than bring them to A and E. Well, it's the stuff like you know one of the one instant particular example that always really got my anger going was when the big. It's usually the bigger guy, but it wasn't always that way. Pushes the younger guy while he's running somewhere around the house like it's a so-called game of tag or something or out and about. And he pushes him in the back while he's mid sprint. And the, the results of that can be horrendous into the, into a door frame, into the side of a table, over a wall, into a car. Those really annoyed me. Those ones. That's where I would just, no, I'm not standing for this. You don't push all someone. From the one push. All from the one push. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not standing while someone bigger pushes a younger fella while he's sprinting somewhere into a bloody edge of a wall. Not having that. Not having that, pal. Yeah, way, no, that, that, that annoys me. We, is the pecking order thing, is that not, I was just thinking about it when you mentioned earlier, is that not the thing that we're trying to, when you're stepping into those conversations, is that not the thing that you're stepping in to try and, like, uh, I'm going to use the word eradicate, knowing that you don't What's eradicate. Like, uh, you got to live in the real world. You're, no, but you're like, like so you're trying to say to the kid who's been put upon, like you're you can't allow the kid reason again. I know, but you can't allow the kid who's been put upon be put upon for years on end. <laughs> you can't just stand back and go, "Well, you take the beating," and you know. Sure. Uh, but do the beatings are like do the beatings not go around in a circle? And while one is beating one one day, then others beating the other the next day. Well, it, again, like, then on da- uh, uh, age difference points, that might not always be the case. There might be just somebody getting the shipping out of them daily. Yeah, well, then I think you've got to step in. Uh, I think the problem is, uh, you, as they get a bit older, you have to step in because they can definitely do more damage and they become that little bit slyer and that little trip or that sort of kick and all that can actually start doing a bit of damage. The problem when you step in is then the consistency. So I'd be, you know, I'd be lethal for the, well, the first one to complain outside with, and then it's, but he said this to me. Well, why? I'm like having this back and forth of, <laughs> whose side am I on here? Yeah. Don't like it when you're accused of not dealing with each guy in a balanced fashion. Mm. The the accuser is usually the the boss of the household. But when when you when you go after one of the fellas for something that they've really done that they should not have done, but the other guy has probably done something very similar, like seconds beforehand, and when that's drawn to your attention, you feel a little bit embarrassed. And then suddenly you have to f- display some faux, faux annoyance at the other guy, even though you didn't see it. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm angry with you two, even though you're really not. Well, that was literally the car journey. I get into the car when the kid's like, he hit me. I'm like, what you hit him for? Don't hit him. Uh, he stood in my hand when I was getting in and he did this. And he, I was like, okay, now do I just even it out? You've done something <laughs> 10 times worse. But my, my reply to both is, well, don't, don't do it again. Are you getting um, the? Your, is, you, are you saying your wife is saying that you treat one of your kids harsher than another one, or that in an instance, or generally? Is that what no, you're no, just in a, it could be in one 
okay, particular okay. instance. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I was ringing a bit few bells for you there, Adrian. <laughs> Uh, my no, wife nobody, does say, she does say nobody that mentioned the wives and you were like oh straight to that so well, I, I think that's what you were saying Dave no he oh. was saying he's accused no. by the kids no no I've been accused by my wife oh but no oh. in just one one specific moment not like you've spent the last five years favouring this child over the other is that what you're referring to Adrian I, I was asking I'm merely asking the question yeah, but some people are be asking at that question. Do you have a favorite child? <laughs> ah, no, 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 Jesus, no. I, I find that I find that I don't know if you find this right, and I'd actually I would be really interested. This is one of the things now that I'm I'm most likely going to regret saying. But uh, there we go. We're we're in too deep now. Um, I would be very interested in your experience or the the listeners of your viewers' experience. Um, I do find like that when I'm spending a bit of time with one of the kids, like I mean, I'm only talking about like five or ten minutes. I'm like, oh my god, this kid is like the most amazing kid that's ever existed. Like, this kid could be my favorite kid. You know, nothing. You know, nothing they can do wrong. And then I go on. I spend five or ten minutes with another kid, and I'm sort of then I find myself going, wow, oh, no, no, it must be this kid. I don't know do other people grapple with those things on a fairly regular basis. I mean, ultimately, when you step back from it all, of course. Uh, the cliche does apply. You do love them all the same, and they all are have, have their um, amazing things and their not so amazing things. But I definitely do get carried away in a moment when I'm spending um, a bit of time with one of them, particularly. My favorite child is whoever's listening to this right now. <laughs> That's my favorite. In, in twenty years' time, would you ever feel a little bit of guilt, like I might um, say, in between school runs, I get to spend uh, time just alone with the younger guy? And it's it's three, about three days a week. It's about forty five minutes to an hour that we just have me and him. And I absolutely l- just cherish that time. And I might catch him at a, a moment where he's looking away or something, and just take a sneaky photo of him. And I said would send the photo on to my wife and just go to look at this kid. Like he he's arguably the most beautiful human that's ever uh, existed on this planet. And immediately then I'd be like. Oh well, of course the other guy is amazing as well. He's uh, uh, let me quick finally find a quick follow of the other guy. <laughs> I'm going to send that on also. So I do try and even it up a bit where I might catch the other fellow then maybe in a in a in a, a moment where he's kind of distracted and take get a photo and send that on and go look how amazing this guy looks. But I'm not sure we need to be feel guilty with that kind of thing trying to even things out. But uh, I sometimes do catch myself doing that. So you. Power ranking children is what I'm hearing, basically. Yeah, well, as Adrian says, the power rankings could could flip. <laughs> they change. The other. <laughs> New information came to light. On an almost mm. minute-by-minute basis. Yeah, like, week-to-week performance, results-dependent. Yeah, Like, he he just hit me in the head immediately. He has fallen to number two in the power rankings. Yeah. But as Nathan says, yeah, but for, he kicked me in the leg first and okay. then he pinched me. Oh, well, the power so, rankings so, are just... You're onto something there, Jay, aren't you? Like, I know the therapist wouldn't advise it, but if you had a weekly power rankings of, like, sort of like starved, sort of like star of the week at school, but I, they don't just give it every kid. That's, you know, actually, there's... Special treats. Yeah. Yes. Right. Special treats like love and affection. <laughs> yeah. Who's getting this week's hug? You could fiddle with your wire there, Jarrah, whatever it is that uh, is making your your audio yeah. be, be better. Are we um, just encouraging our children to take ever increasingly desperate measures for daddy's affection? Sorry, is my sound gone? Or was that, was that yeah. your joke? It, so, so every time, every time you start to speak, it, we don't get the first three or four words and then it kicks in. I don't know why that is. Uh, it's, I think it's something to do with the, the microphone on, on the 
on the uh, laptop. That's unfortunate because it was some of my best fucking material. <laughs> <laughs> I doubt it. Uh, I like that idea though. A power, geez, the power rankings is killer, Dave. That's up there with the black bag and the scooter over the fence. In that's straight in in your top five dad cast moments of all time. Oh well, hang on. The power, the scooter incident, and the black bag. That they're incidents that have actually occurred. I've never power ranked my children. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I, uh, I like that idea though, like a, like a live power ranking on the fridge where you could sort of say, "Well, sorry about that, but uh, you're down to number two this week." Or you could use Alexa. So at any moment, and the the boys are in the kitchen, one of them could just say to Alexa, like uh, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, "Mirror, mirror on the wall." Uh, Alexa, who currently tops the the power rankings? And she'd be able to give them a live in-game update, and then they'd know that maybe they need to uh, they need to to pull out a couple of stunts in the hours after that to see if they can flip the order. Well, AI will get to a level soon that you'll be able to do that and Alexa will be able to go, you've dropped because I saw you smack your brother <laughs> when you thought nobody was looking, but actually the full awareness I have of what happens in the sitting room now means that all your sly little beating the shit out of people has been caught. Let's hope that never happens. So I've been teaching the lads to cycle on the road, boys. Something I want to something I want to bring up. As in, you've been teaching them to cycle and they know how to cycle and then you're moving them onto the road no, or you're, they, they're yeah, learning they both, to cycle for the first time they, while on the road? No, no. They both know how to cycle for years now, but um, I finally got a bike that fit proper bikes that fit both with the gears and everything. So I finally moved away from the real child childish bikes, um, certainly for the younger fella who's now on the older fella's big bike and then I managed to source another one for uh, shout out to Adverse Sarai by the way unbelievable source for that kind of thing got a brilliant bike at a very good price sweet deal Dave that's yeah. things. it was great um, um, can, I, can I say I wish I was able to take a sneaky photograph because I actually passed I was like oh that that looks like one of Dave's kids and Dave that, that's Dave with them and um, they both had their arms on each other like they were kind of two elderly people you know, in, in the midst of a maelstrom, like a bull run or something who had wandered onto the streets of Pamplona and neither of them looked happy. That's all I'm going to say. Neither of them looked happy. Were we w- waiting to cross a road when you passed? Yeah, yeah. You yeah. were about to get onto the Holt Road, which is, you yeah. know, like quite a busy road. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We were just unlucky. The traffic just kept coming and we were stuck there for ages. And it, it just the younger guy that you saw me with, he's just maybe an inch too short to really be comfortable putting his foot down. On the, onto the ground so I wanted him ready for the next gap in the traffic so that's why he was still on board and I had my arm on his arm to kind of give him a little foosh out into the middle of the main road for when the, the gap in the traffic opened up but it's only in the last week I've just it's you know it, it's it, it's a, a mirror image of uh, many aspects of parenting the balance between teaching them how to do something and staying with them and doing so and giving them a little bit of leeway and letting them off the leash a little because I want them to cycle most places now. And now that the weather's got better and the days are longer and brighter and they're both on proper bikes with the full gears and everything, I don't. And they need to learn how to cycle on the road. Part of me just wants to keep them on the path, but it's annoying when you're walking down the street and there's two or three kids flying past you on bikes on the path. They do need to learn how to cycle on the road, how to avoid cars, how to pull out from behind a parked car, the various hand signals, all of that stuff. But uh, it's terrifying. It's absolutely effing terrifying when you're cy- cycling down a main main road, even with a cycle lane as there is where I live in, in one of the roads, which is great. 
but there's buses pulling out from behind them and you're worried that one of them's going to pull the wrong brake and go flying over the handlebars and um, as has happened, you know, you, a kid tries to mount a curb that's a bit too tall and goes flying and then you've got the grazed knees and you're worried that when they come off the bike, it, it's going to be very difficult for them to get back up on the horse. But we've managed it successfully for the last week. I think we've made a lot of progress, but it's, and we've mentioned this before on the podcast, various instances where you can almost see the death of your children in your mind's eye when you're cycling down the Hope Road and there's buses and articulated lorries and vans and other idiots on in cars and on bikes. Every 30 metres, you're envisaging your child has been slammed by a car somewhere. It's, oh my I God, said this. Terrifying. I said this years ago and you're like, what are you talking about? That's, are you, you're not walking around and now you're like, I'm like, Dave, welcome aboard. This never leaves you now. Never leaves you. I know it's uh, but what do you do? They have to learn. Uh, you have to just try and get them up to speed as, uh, as safe as possible area as you can. I would suggest the whole road is probably not exactly an ideal spot for that, but definitely because the, the infrastructure, I mean, depending on what part of the city you're in, but the infrastructure is so shit and it does not protect cyclists. Like the no. curb stuff is not bad, but even at that, like if you're out with a five, six, seven year old kid, even in a curbed environment, they can take a wobbler one direction or the other for no or any reason. Um, and exactly like you were saying, you play out all this. Scenarios. Yeah, it's the, it's the involuntary movements they have on the bike that trigger a turning yes. of the handlebars out to the right. Yeah. <laughs> so mm. for some reason, they they love, they love he look around at me, but he yeah. hasn't learned they love the how chats. to turn. Yeah, he hasn't learned how to turn his head. <laughs> without turn turning his, his arms. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. His head turns to the right. The arms go to the right, the handlebars go out to the right, and suddenly he's over the white line and he's on the main road and there's a van there. That's what I'm most terrified about. They also love looking at their feet when they're changing gear. They love looking down at the middle rings on the bike while they're changing gear. They like to see the, the chain move up and down the rings. And when they're changing gear, that's how you drive into the back of parked cars. Say you cycle into the back of parked cars. Stop looking at your feet. Stop looking at me. Don't look backwards. Stay to the left. Don't go near the white line. Just look forwards. Are you having I fun? Know. Yeah, this yeah, is yeah. fun. Everybody's having fun. Let's, let's do this again tomorrow. The kids are like, why? <laughs> yeah, that's the, I found that was the problem. Um, and I haven't been out cycling with them this year that they're just me shouting at them as to, are they learning anything here? I'm just telling them what to do. Uh, but I guess you have to go through all that so that in a couple of years, you trust that when they go by themselves, they will act some way normally. Because right now, like the problem I'm sure it's the same where we're all living is, as you say, like where I am, there's no bike lanes at all. And even though I would often cycle behind them uh, and I cycle on this stretch of road all the time by myself and it never comes into my head that the car that's coming right behind me is just going to run straight into me. I'm absolutely convinced when I'm with them that the car isn't somehow going to spot the three of us in the middle of the road and just keep driving at 80 kilometers an hour and take the three of us out of it. Uh, but it's not even the main road stuff because you can explain all the rules of the road and Again, have that problem with the concentration goes. So they're, you know, they're over on the left hand side, but then they're veering slightly to the right if they decide to have a chat with each other. I find that the most difficult bit is going through the housing estates where there's cars pulling out, there's cars reversing, there's cars parked on the street. They're not quite sure when the car's coming towards them, they should stop. I think the bit of uh, the child not being able to reach the ground is probably a, a tough spot that you know they need to be able to suddenly stop and jump down and get their feet down is the bike too big Dave? It's probably too big by half an inch or an inch but it, he is I have taught him how to tilt the bike so that 
you know, even just needs to be tilted at a slight angle. And he's he's grand. He the dismount, as I've been telling him that yeah. is, he's, he's he is nailing it. Um, but that particular moment, the Jer saws, I just wanted him ready to go while we got a break in the traffic. But no, he's actually got that. It, it, we had a few falls the first few days where he was he was still trying to get off the bike before it was at a complete stop, and that yeah. that was a big problem. So that led to a little bit of friction and alarm. But uh, in fairness to him, this is the younger fella last week. Now he's nailed it. He knows exactly what he's at and he's flying it. And <laughs> the problem is this guy's overconfident in everything he does. And he has been out on that bike on his own now for a couple of weeks. He knows it's a big boy bike. He's got the gears he can fly up and down. In. And he thinks he's like a professional cyclist now. And now he's uh, standing up. And now he's cycling with one hand and he's putting his feet out into the air while he's speeding down hills. And he's, um, what else was he doing the other day? There was some other trick he was decided he wanted to do on the main road. And well, part of you admires his courage and his confidence. The other part, he's going, you're a maniac. I'm trying to keep you alive here. Can we please just rein things in a little? I think you have to try and get the cockpit hours in a quiet area. And the other thing is you have to accept they're just going to, they are going to fall off the bike. That's the hard bit. Like and you're just hoping that the damage isn't too bad. Oh yeah. A couple of grazed knees. Look, that's grand. Yeah. It's, um, it's the one where into, you kind of come over the handlebars kind of thing. And like that's happened to all of us. I had a couple of major falls when I was a kid um, yeah. where you, maybe pull the wrong brake and instead of I'm trying to teach him how to squeeze the brake when he's slowing down as opposed to pulling it back where he stops yeah. suddenly. But you got car door later, didn't you? you I got car door. I've had some I've had uh, some awful stuff off the bike. I had when I was a young fella, probably seven or eight, my cousin was gave me a handlebar crossbar out to uh Loch Ree for a bit of a swim. About five minutes out the road, my the back heel of my runner got stuck in the spokes. Ripped the heel off my runner. Lovely velvet red runners. I remember them. They were pretty red after that because they were they were covered in blood. Uh, got myself and the uh, father were again coming back from the lake this time. Um, passing by a school that was under construction, and uh, the the it was a joyous moment. Myself and my dad thought, "Oh, this is great." We put our arms around each other because this is like such a lovely father son moment. Uh, the opposing. Uh, pedals got stuck in the opposing wheels so going from whatever like 20 kilometers an hour to zero instantly and both of us out over the handlebars um, serious damage I remember waking up on the couch at home so like like just obviously out like a light both of us and um, somebody came along in a youth type vehicle which like how many youths are there anywhere which was a miracle and uh, got us up off the road Brought us home, woke up in the couch, looked, looked over at the old man, like just saw him covered in blood. And I was, you know, you know, because you're just out of it, you're like, oh, I wonder what happened to him. Not really thinking that you yourself were kind of not in a great position. And then, yeah, got, what age? What, what age was that? That was probably about twelve, maybe. Lost, right. lost a front tooth, and lost a, like front tooth that, and then the, I anyway, that's a whole other scenario. That was that was a bad old. Bad job. And then, um, yeah, I got car door coming down Leeson Street about four or five years ago, coming in here, uh, some numpty, about five cars back on the passenger side, opened the door straight into the lane directly in front of me. And I went out over the top of that, broke scaphoids in both my wrists, which I was only back at the physio about, would you believe, last week. Um, 
That's never five, healed. Five, five years later. There's a bit of a, um, what did he call it? A little bit of um, liquid, Slipper. liquid right. slipped out between the ligament. The ligament is a tiny bit of damage, a little bit of ligament, a little bit of liquid um, ganglion cyst, I think was what he called them. Uh, and it just creates a little bit of pain. But like, it is the price you pay. And and I think, was it Dave said earlier on, you're, you are absolutely, you're in total control when you're cycling yourself. When you're cycling with one kid, then that's not too bad. When you're cycling with two kids, it's a bit out of control. But you can control roughly what you're doing and kind of what they're doing. But you can't legislate for the lunatics. That's we, have a, we have a cycle bus um, that we can only really use a couple of times a year. And, um, but, you know, so there's a cycle to work day and like hundreds of kids cycle and it really pisses off all the traffic. And, mm-hmm. but it's a brilliant thing where every day there are 15 or 20 people cycling to school together and they just pass at the pace they're doing. And if you get stuck behind them, you get stuck behind them, but more of that and more cycling infrastructure and everybody being able to use them properly. Like I don't see any downside from an environment perspective, from a, Social perspective, it's really cheap. It's good for the anyway, whatever. But the, but the bullshit, the bullshit of you know the councillor or the TD saying, oh, "I've created twenty kilometres of cycle routes in my uh, um, constituency." No, you haven't. Like somebody's gone up with a, a roll of white paint and painted a line mm-hmm. in the middle of a motor lane. That is not yeah. a cycle lane. It's actually creating yeah. a false sense of security for the cyclist, which is doubly dangerous. It's a real. Bear about that. Like the curb stuff is pretty good because you've a bit of certainly for an adult a sense of security or or an actual security. But yeah, there could there could an awful lot more could be done. Um I have one more bit of correspondence which I will get to if everybody's finished with cycling. I don't know if I've got nothing for you. I mean, keep going, buddy. Well, Dave, Dave, Dave was feeling all right about it later and just went through this litany of <laughs> catastrophic yeah. errors. Oh, look, wow. I've, yeah, I've had a couple of instances like that myself on the bike, but that's unfortunately, it, that just goes with the territory, particularly if you're cycling around town and the amount of people parking up. And look, there's there's just so many stupid people in cars and on bikes. And you see them when you're going through an airport. And like, I don't know, in certain environments, like a lot of people, when they, as soon as they step onto a plane, their IQ seems to drop by about sixty percent. A lot go. of people. There's a story here, Dave. Come on. <laughs> a lot of people when they uh, when they get behind the wheel of a car, they just seem to become far more stupid than they were before they <laughs> before they got behind the wheel. And you just have to try. And but well, my motto when I'm driving is that everybody around me is is thick, so it puts you in a, a psychological position where <laughs> you very often see That's their supremacy. mistakes happen before they actually happen. So. You're 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 in the left lane, or in your you're in a, the right lane of a two lane road. You're going. I think there's a very good chance the driver in front mm. of me is going to just jump into my lane here. Oh yeah. And then ten seconds later, Ivy just eased off on the brake, left the space, and sure enough, no indicator. There they go, veering over. So that's one crash avoided because you've decided in your own mind as soon as you sit behind the wheel of your car that everybody around you, even though you don't know who they are, are stupid. Uh, you're probably going to have to do that when you're on the bike as well. But as Adrian says, you can't protect your children from that level of stupidity. I can ensure that I leave space between myself and wherever that car is coming from on the off chance the person is stupid enough to pull out without looking over their shoulder. But what if your kid is already in that space? You can't do anything about that. And that's the terrifying part of it. Yeah. My, uh, my young fellow was asking me the other day when we were out for a cycle, he was saying, uh, 
he was going through the sort of connotations of what might happen if you get hit by a car. But so he was talking about like, you know, been hit by the car. I think he might have even been talking about removed by the car, but it never dawned on him about the next step. <laughs> about like death. Exactly. He was like, Oh, would you have to go to the hospital? I was like, Yeah, yeah, you would, you would, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Pick you up. <laughs> well, did uh, you ever get the like what what would be worse, Daddy? Getting hit by a truck or getting hit by a motorbike? <laughs> so okay. Well, let's pick our poison here. Uh, the outcome of either is, is is unlikely to be pretty for anybody involved. But well, and then said, no, I, I need an answer. Yeah, but like the chance of the motorbike is probably going an awful lot faster than the truck. Obviously, the truck's carrying an awful lot more bulk. Do you really want to go through the scenario of either of them? <laughs> Not really. I take the motorbike. I think if you're, why are we, why do we have to make this choice? We don't. It turns out, usually, turns usually out. you Apparently, do. Dave, compared <laughs> to the two children there very well. Uh, right. Moving on. An email from a uh, longtime correspondent, Jenny. Hi, guys. I'm a single mom to a 21 month old boy and a two month old girl via donor. So I really am all they have. It'd be fair to say I didn't cope very well with the transition to motherhood. And I'm now finding life as a mother of two extremely challenging. My son has definitely hit the terrible toddler terrorist stage and I find I have so little patience with him. I'm tired and stressed and irritable the whole time. So I guess my question is, how do you find some joy in it all when you feel like you're just surviving from day to day? It feels so relentless and just generally soul destroying right now. I realize my experience is very different to yours as with a partner, you have some hope of occasionally getting some time to yourself to recharge your batteries. I'm sure you've all had those days at least once in a while though. I ask this partly for my own sake but also because I worry about the effect my mood could be having on my toddler in particular. Brilliant to have you back. I actually listened to you while in labor with my second. I was alone for the birth, so you kept me company. Hope you keep it going for a long time to come. Cheers, Jenny. Wow. Um, wow. Yeah, thanks very much for getting in touch again, Jenny. Uh, Dadcast at offtheball.com is the email address. So, um, silence on the start there. I suppose You go first, Dave. You see, Jenny has pointed out, she's made a very good point that the four of us were, uh, we had a partner involved, a partner in crime. So she doesn't have that. But obviously, Jenny is one of like countless single mothers or single fathers, or single parents out there at the moment. So there'll be an awful lot of people listening to us who probably would empathize with what Jenny was saying. So please do get in touch with us if you have experience of what Jenny's talking about. But I do remember, I, I never felt those uh, emotions myself, but I do recall when our second was born that I was away I was still working with you boys a lot and I was away an awful lot with work um, covering Premier League games mainly. Gone the whole weekends and working for pretty much six or seven days a week and she was at home with the two lads and the older guy was in the terrible twos and dealing with what was a newborn and she she re there was times where it was obviously a real struggle and so from that point of view I can definitely um, I get what, what Jenny is saying yeah, what can we say to her lads apart from like that it will get easier she's yeah. got a very young baby and a child who's two even with a partner it's tough it's very tough i think um it's brilliant that we would that she would bring this onto our radar as well um and and the radar of our viewers and listeners i think like the reality is that you need jenny hasn't given any details about any like support structure that you might have right like are there grandparents there, are there friends, any of her siblings? Like, cause I think that's so important knowing people who, um, in my own family, who are single parents and you need, uh, need that structure around. Like it's really difficult to do it on your own. 
Um, so it'd be good to know is there any more details around there but I'm sure there are obviously avenues that she would explore already because you do like you know God give yourself you do need a break like you need a break from it like it's mm. so important like she's identified absolutely correctly it's fine for all of us you can disappear off for half an hour or half a day or a day if you're very lucky um, and that headspace you need that headspace to recharge exactly like you say like We've all certainly, I uh, you have bad moods and you're conscious of how that can impact on the kids around you. Um, but that's the time where, you know, we would have the opportunity to disappear for a half hour or whatever. Get your head out of the game, go for a walk, bit of fresh air. You need it, like, and there's no, I wouldn't, she doesn't, I'm sure she's not fighting that instinct, but there's certainly no need to. Um, but if you can find a little bit of support around to give you, when, when the time comes where you need to let the steam release the valve a little bit that you have something there to help you. I think that's yeah. The 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 breastfeeding groups, the the mammies groups, um, they've all been good sources of just information about like uh local supports, local babysitters who are comfortable with, you know, young babies, um meetups, like all that stuff. Anything that takes you out of the routine. And I, like mm. I you just remember how long it took to get out of the house to get all the shit together that it took and then you were actually only going out for half an hour. But here's the thing. The first four or five weeks, while it's taking you six hours to get out of the house for the 25 minutes that you're out of it, eventually that time telescopes because you just get better at it. You realize you don't need all of the mm. things that you brought. And if you're missing something, the baby's actually not going to die because it has a shitty bum for an hour and a half. Like, it'll be fine. You'll get over it. Um, and, and maybe not, you know, not striving for the perfection and, and giving yourself a break. Like all the shit that like somebody tells you to do and you're like, yeah, it's easy for you to say that because you're not actually going through this at the moment. But um, The time will come very quickly when the yeah. two-year-old's going to play school, preschool slash Montessori. That'll give her a huge break because you're down to man on man there. One, one V one situation as Kenny would call it. And it it just makes everything so much easier. And again, we don't know what her uh, Jenny's uh, circumstances are in terms of that those support systems that Adrian mentioned. But she, if she can at all consider putting the older child into care for three hours a day, four hours a day, it's something we didn't do, and it's something that if we had our time again, we would have done. Um, not only does it give her a little bit of a break and again, gets her 1v1, but it also, and, let, and the newborn sleeps an awful lot. So if you're in a situation where the other child is in care for three or four hours and your newborn is down for two hours, two and a half hours, God, that's bliss, I would say, for, for a single parent in particular. So just have a look around and see if that's possible. Also, it gets the older child mingling with other children a little earlier, get, builds their confidence, builds their ability to socialize with other children. And obviously it's expensive, so we don't know if it's an affordability thing, but that's something something we would have looked at if we'd had our time again. So maybe Jenny could look into something like that. Yeah, yeah. And look, that comes with its own issues because as soon as you start going to crash for the first time, then you start getting and bugs and everything so you just need to be prepared that there will be times when um you have made plans and unfortunately there's a sickness in the house and you can't go and everybody gets it but yeah look it is tough and i think the other thing is just remembering that this this is tough and um we did a piece recently with brendan devenny which was just amazing where he was talking about um listening to news talk and people giving out about ever having kids and deciding retrospectively that they didn't want them and he was like you know this is going to pass so quickly uh, and you just need to create these moments 
where I, I, I'm not going to do justice to this, but he was talking about like his wife was saying that you need to put X amount in communion and confirmation cards. Like, ah, no, no, I'm going to take those kids to the park and we're going to have a moment. We're going to create something. Now, he has a relentless, infectious enthusiasm for life, which most people don't have. And it's hard if you don't have it to fake it. But uh, he was talking about going camping. Uh, and that's better than them going on a package holiday because it's something they did themselves and they've created that moment themselves. Um, it, it, it's on our um, the GA feed if you want to go back. And it's the last 15, 20 minutes of like a 40-minute piece that we did about him with him. And it, it definitely came away from that feeling, okay, I need to do a little bit better here than um, going through the drudgery. It's carving out specific moments where, you know, you're down on the floor playing with them and you're actually enjoying it. And it could be blowing bubbles, you know, but that's actually going to be something the kids remember and get more joy from than something that's like a trip to somewhere or we're going to the zoo, but it ends up being stressful because by the time they get there, they're too hungry and then they won't eat the shit that's in, in the place. And then all of a sudden everybody's fighting with each other, <laughs> which yeah. definitely never happens. And you say to yourself, I am never paying to bring these brats somewhere again. Anywhere, anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I know. We Last couple of weeks, we've, uh, myself and the younger fella, again, it's between the two pickups from school. After his homework, we throw a song on Spotify and he loves putting on uh, Shut Up and Dance at Me because he gets to roar the word shut up as loud as he wants and knowing that he's not going to get into trouble for it. And then we and we dance. The two of us dance to that. He's up on a higher level and we're so we're head to face to face. And it's amazing. It's so much fun uh, to the point where I wish someone was like secretly recording it and they could play it back to us in 30 years time just to, to show us the crack that we are having. But Little moments like that that maybe Jenny, if she could create, even if she has to fake it for the first couple of times. So when she can feel, you know, that feeling where you just feel your chest and your your throat tighten when you just you're just like, oh, God, I'm just so sick of this. I'm so angry. Just throw on a song with the older kid who's obviously old enough out to walk and probably starting to talk and just start dancing. For 30 seconds, kid will smile, you'll smile. It might just buy a five more minutes of tolerance for the drudgery, as you put it, Jerry, which is unavoidable when you have two kids and you are under pressure all of the time. But Devenny's right. Little moments here and there. Can you have to do it, though, is the thing. It's not easy to escape the drudgery. Like, it's, you know, the days are long and relentless and, you know, just go to the bloody playground and say, I'm going to sit there with a coffee and just let the youngest one shout and the oldest one run around for an hour and sit there and don't feel the need to entertain them. Do any of that. Just. Oh, totally. Yeah. I guess it, it's like all of these are the things that like letting it wash over you is totally acceptable. And uh, some days are going to be lost days and that's fine too. But if you can start in the middle of the lost day to plan for a five minute window where you feel like you're creating a bit of joy, and that joy could be like, you know, the, the cardboard box on the head is like, you know, some of the happiest times. <laughs> the oh, when, you, when, you, when you go into a darkened room and you put a cardboard box in your head just to get away from the... Uh, <laughs> That's me, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, Look, there, there will be there will be better days ahead, Jenny. A hundred percent. This so is Jerry, the hardest you, that it'll ever be. You cancelled your uh, summer holidays, Jerry, and you're going camping. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I definitely. Um, you'd say cancel. We have nothing organised yet. <laughs> <laughs> but look, I, I admire. Look, Devenny is—he's a unique individual, and I've had the pleasure of long conversations with Brendan many times. And he, he is, his lust for life is infectious, particularly for a man who has had, you know, some really difficult times in his life that he's had to deal with and that he's spoken about publicly so amazingly in in recent months. But if I decide against the sun holiday. And we go camping and it pisses rain for three days and the water's coming in through the roof of the tent and there's nothing really to do outside of the tent. Devenny can piss right off. <laughs> That's part of the, 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 the thing is, there's, there's, <laughs> there's, there's always stuff to do. There's always stuff to do. That's the thing. Like, yeah. and it's not a, I, like our, I always caveat whatever I say about our experiences of that stuff is that our kids are younger than most years so it's slightly different but they just they don't need to be served up I've found like we go to Inish Baffin occasionally and there's there is on the face of it absolutely nothing to do on Inish Baffin but at the same time we will fill our days with amazing stuff and they don't need to be served up or carted or like have a big itinerary of stuff they'll just find ways to fill the time and the camping is an amazing thing I don't know if you guys have done much of that I know Nathan's a uh, happy camper. Um, oh, yeah. Got, um, got our trips organized now. The Murphy camping trip will spark the change in the weather we're all looking forward to. Miserable rain. <laughs> but it's brilliant, isn't it? Like, it's the, the just the whole act of it is. Oh, it is. It's it is. And when you get, when once you've done it a couple of times and you get a bit of the gear, like every time we go now on the second day when we're coming home, I'm like, why can't we just stay for three or four days? Yeah. Because again, the kids find a way and they're not on Fortnite and they're not doing the things they're normally doing and they find a way from 6 o'clock to 11 o'clock at night to somehow occupy themselves. And they might give out a bit. But yeah, I couldn't uh, recommend it enough. I'll have to get some details from you, son. Uh, like Is what there... sort of tents are we talking? What sort of equipment yeah, I mean, are we talking? Oh, that's, yeah. that, it's so much well, no, fun. You have to get the right, get the right gear is the thing. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. You're going on holidays and you're all in the same tents. Yeah, it's uh, well, it depends. Yeah. You, can, you can get all but sorts what, of tents, do you, right? you don't actually like have to be the same. What do I think? I think there's no private time for you and your missus. Oh, god, <laughs> me, oh, god. listen, Jared, Jared, hang on, hang on. We, Jared, we, the campsite, I, nobody, I, I, in the campsite, Jared, nobody appreciates that, anyways. We need to do this. Is a full other episode. This is a full other episode, honestly. Like, uh, apart from anything else, right, you've got a tent, okay, you don't always need to you can camp pretty much wherever you want you don't always need to go into the if that's your if that's your thing is what i'm saying you can go into a wild open space stick your tent down and do whatever you're continue that analogy I'm sorry. <laughs> your kids are in the same tent Adrian. no i'm saying that you're in an open field you're it's the middle of summer temperatures this are good you go and do whatever you need to do this is you need quickly. To do. let's do let's do the camping episode we do need nathan, to do that nathan and adrian you yeah. can like do yeah. give us a list of the do's and the don'ts the haves and the have-nots the requirements and the the things that are not not quite Adrian's as essential. best locations for outdoor sex in ireland where, top where, five where you can get jiggy <laughs> and where you can't what's the sec- what's acceptable and what's not <laughs> wow that, yeah. that escalated quickly well, like, Very was, good, was, was, did i misread what you were suggesting no absolutely like i, I mean no 
Yeah, so there, there, there. Where, where there's a will, there's a way, Jared. There's a, you know. there's a very oh, good yeah. chance. Very good chance. Many of those locations now have a picture of Adrian on a lamppost nearby. <laughs> yeah, yeah, My yeah, yeah, yeah. on the lamppost, Jared. Have you I seen, seen this ass? <laughs> That's right, Jared. <Jeff. laughs> <laughs> wow. Unfortunately, for too many people, they probably have. No. Oh wow. Okay. Well, that, that, that's not okay. true. That's not true. Um, that's not true. Not 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 really uh, my thing. But anyway, <laughs> okay. Well, you were you. I was just trying to give you. You know, I was. Yeah, solutions. I'm a solutions that's, that's, person. Correctly, I'm like. <laughs> I'm very oh, solutions yeah. focused. <laughs> Prudish Ireland, break the law. That's like okay. Well, I think you got it. Uh, you got it. You know, coming back to the point initially of like uh, the maelstrom of being a parent and how it's important to reconnect with your partner and maintain relations so that when the kids move off that you know you're still life partners then a bit of outside jiggery pokery is probably uh probably conducive to all that is it Adrian? <laughs> come Adrian on now. come on now. it's not Inish 19 Bothan. it's not 1985 Adrian is getting banned okay that, that, that I'm, just, I'm, I'm trying to offer a solution to your prediction. No, no, it's a great solution, Adrian. It is a great solution. It's also, I look forward to uh, drawing this out in the live show in more detail, our X-ray <laughs> live show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That could take a whole other, whole other twist. If anybody wants to sign up for our um, pre-sale, how do they do that? Is there a link? If they go along to the DagCast Twitter handle. What is it? At DagCast Pod. Yeah, uh, okay. There's a link on there, yeah. All right. Uh, Dadcast is in partnership with Nivea Men. Want to feel great in your skin? Nivea Men has you covered from sensitive, tailored skincare to cleansing and anti-age. Try Ireland's number one men's skincare brand. That's it for this week. All the dads, Dave, Adrian, Nathan, uh, I'm Jarrett. We'll see you next week. Dadcast at offtheball.com for your emails. And thanks to everybody who's corresponded with us. We really appreciate it. See you next week, folks. Make sure to rate and share the podcast. Bye. Dadcast with Nivea Men. Try Ireland's number one skincare brand.